Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and Diego, chunk that out. You don't know where it's been. <laughs> was that Ray Romano? No, dude, that was actually me doing a Ray Romano impression. It sounded just like him. Oh. I know I, that that's confusing. No, that was, <laughs> that was me, believe it or not. Wow. And I'm Carter, and okay, you. <laughs> Check for hunk. <laughs> wow. Hey Carter. <laughs> hey Carter. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Why are you the hunk? Um really what I am is is something brand new to me Ooh. in my life. I'm something Good. called a hunkle. <gasps> Amazing. Our uh, beautiful family members, Hallie and Dillman, this is Chelsea's brother and our sister-in-law, they had little Ollie last night, guys, not even 12 hours ago. Wow. Ollie came into the world making me, most importantly, an uncle, a real legitimate uncle and a hunkle mm-hmm. for the first time ever. Mm. What's, what's Ollie into? Like, what are some of y'all's favorite things to do together? I mean, we've already FaceTimed. So, cool. She's a real tech head. She's a tech head. Yeah. I remember she reached up her little hand and Dillman accidentally had it muted and she fixed that. And so, good. We're able to go. So, you can tell she's got some skills there. Wow. Has she seen Ice Age yet? I don't think she has. I don't know okay. if her if she's opened her eyes just yet. Even Gosh. I don't know when that happens. So she's probably she not was, listening, huh? She was wow, asleep. So she was yeah. unmuting blind. Yeah, That's, she was. She was pretty exhausted. Yeah, um, it's tough. It's tough coming into the world from at what the I time. But both are healthy. Um, I can't even imagine how stressful that is to be a closer variable to that. And I'm just like <laughs> I'm family. I'm family, which is close. But I was just like okay. <laughs> this is stre- this is stressful. So yes, sure. Uncle sure. Uncle Carter today. Two two chunks and an unk. Yes. Nice. Have you good. decided what your uncle name's going to be? No idea. Because I know you get to pick a grandparent name if you become a grandparent. Yeah, I don't what's know. your uncle name? I think I'll let be? Ollie decide between uh, Captain America and Iron Man. Mm. That's fair. that's cool. The truth. This is, this is my uncle Iron Man. <laughs> sounds, so, <laughs> sounds so good coming off the. Yeah. You're saying of it. In my experience, <laughs> uh, my 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 experience as an uncle, you don't get to pick your yeah. name. Well, maybe you're just a bad uncle. That's honestly uh, probably true. 
It's my favorite Zac Efron movie. Yeah, Bad Uncle. Bad Uncle. With him, him and Bobbert De Niro. Um, instead of talking about this, I'd rather talk about Found Family. Yeah, because I feel left out, guys. We're going to start uh, the Pixar series, mm. uh, whose full title escapes me at the moment. Um, not because it's long and unnecessarily complicated, but... It's the um, picks aren't six. Picks aren't six. Pick what six your picks aren't picks are. Six are. Pick what, pick what six picks your picks aren't picks are, I think. It feels longer know, than that. It's so easy to remember. It's that so easy we just, to remember. We don't even have to say it. Yeah. Look, we're beginning that today uh, with your, the listener, your vote for the sixth place winner. So when you hear us talking about this movie, remember that you did this. And uh, we are going to be speaking about the movie known as Ice Age. And before we talk about Ice Age, uh, it's complex and difficult to understand. So I'm going to need a little help from my good friend Doge with a synopsis. You guys want me to get my buddy Ray in here? Yes. I wish you would. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised it's not already happening. This week's guest synopsis was written by Anna and read by Ray Romano. Wow. Super excited we got to have him on the show. Same. You need an Correct. anchor word. You need an anchor word to get you into the impression. And I, the problem my suggestion is, that is none of these synopsises have the word Deborah in them. Yeah, I was going to say it needs to be Deborah. <laughs> Just tell, it's Ray telling Deborah the synopsis, I think. Well, I think I'll just replace some words with Deborah. And I don't even, I honestly don't <laughs> even think you'll be able to tell. Okay. okay. Great. Back when Deborah was being overrun by glaciers. And animals were scurrying to save themselves from the upcoming ice Debra. <laughs> a sloth named Debra. A woolly mammoth named Debra. And a... Sa- <laughs> and a saber-toothed tiger named Debra. <laughs> I can't <laughs> Oh, that's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Are forced to become unlikely heroes. The three reluctantly come together when they have to return a human Debra to its father while braving the deadly Debras of the impending ice Debra. Hey, can I say something? Uh huh. There are a couple parts in there that are pretty good. Ray Romano it got pretty, it got pretty oh, good. Oh gosh, there were a couple spots in there where Ray really shone through. <laughs> it uh, got pretty good at sunshine. different points. At different points, it was at least passable. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Oh my! So, did you? Okay, did you guys watch Ice Age when it came out? Yes. Uh, yeah. Did you watch it a lot of times after that? Oh, yeah. Okay, same. I think it played on ABC Family like every day. That sounds right. And I, I watched it saw most it times twice. I did. Oh, so this I was probably like your third time twice. to see it? Yeah. Because you were 12 when this came out, yeah? Um, How old were you? 13. 13? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was eight. So I, this was this was for me. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Oh. I, uh, I, I was <laughs> also eight. And it was also for me. Um, yeah, dis- disclaimer really quick. Not a disclaimer, but something to, and obviously we'll, during the shout announcements, bring this up again. But man, the the patron, the patrons, the patrons 
uh, that even just that three dollar tier have shown the power that they have over what yeah, we do on this podcast. For real, because I do have to say, uh, Ice Age would not have made it onto nope. this list were it not for the patrons. Technically, this would be Kung Fu Panda, um, but those mm. of you that had two votes uh, put Ice Age over the edge by honestly about four or five votes, and so. Wow. Um, you know, if 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 you were hoping we'd talk about Kung Fu Panda today, spoiler, we won't for all of Pixar 6. We don't get to do that uh, movie. Then, uh, you know, maybe you can start your revenge tour right now and become a patron if you're not yet. Well, it's obvious <laughs> that we just swapped a Jack Black for a Jack Black. Yeah, totally forgot. Or I never knew that yeah, he voiced a either. character in this. I didn't either. Wait, what? Who does he voice in this? Uh, one of the Sabretooths. I think it's Zeke is the name. He's basically no he's yeah. basically the Cheech of this. You're kidding me. Dead serious. This movie. There's, yeah. I'm gonna. You're couldn't, kidding me. Couldn't be serious. Or- no, it's 100, percent dude. Also got a lot of Steven Root in here. Also got a lot what? of Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. So let me let me first say there's a name. Guys, are you? Hang on. Are you on the IMDb page for Ice Age? Yes. Dennis Leary, John Leguizamo, and Ray Romano look. The exact same in their pictures. They, they all are making the same face. It's the same picture. That's funny. That's pretty true. That's a good that's, point. That's amazing. They really are a herd. <laughs> <laughs> um, Diedrich Bader's voice needs to be in everything. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out and say that. Um, he always has such a great, weirdly intense presence in everything <laughs> that he does. And I appreciate yeah. that. And I love that about him. Um, Here's what I'm going to say. He's not my super pump, but does Johnny Legs ever disappoint? He's wonderful in this. Sid, ah, Sid is my super pump. Okay. And I didn't think that would happen. But as I watched this, I began to realize that Sid is a better Olaf to me. Okay. Mm. Let's talk about that. Because Olaf is is quite annoying to me. Okay. Pretty unpalatable. Uh, I think Josh Gad is hilarious, and I think Olaf is the least funny thing that he could be doing. Mm. And I think wow. Sid fill, feel, f- Sid fills all the roles that we ask Olaf to fill while remaining funny. And I do yeah. also just want to give a special pump to, uh, there was a line that got cut because it would have made the movie PG-13 when he's in the hot tub with the two sloths that have boobs, which is weird. When he's in the hot tub <laughs> with the two sloths. Hey, one of the, one of the sloths is Jenna Maroney. It's Jenna from 30 Rock, yeah. Uh, when he's in the hot tub with them, there was a uh, the line that got cut was him saying, let's take a dip in the gene pool and see what happens. And I think that is such a funny line. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a pretty good line. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I love Sid as well. He's yeah. not my super pump. Um, and you know what it probably is? It, it's probably because… And and we'll dive into more of this later. I did a ton of research uh, of the difference between, um, I don't know, the, the relationship between like Pixar and DreamWorks and all that fun stuff, like the Pixar and the Pixar-ant. But, <clears throat> you know, 2001 was Shrek. Right. So the next year is Ice Age. And I think maybe why a 13-year-old Carter just didn't watch Ice Age as much is because he would rather watch Shrek. And that's not sure. saying like, because it's just a better movie. I think they're so similar. It's the yeah. Shrek donkey dynamic. And that's why I'm, I'm coming around now talking about Sid. I love Sid, right. but not as much as donkey. 
Right. And donkey is the nagging, like, would you just leave me alone situation? It is, it right. is a carbon copy, right? And so DreamWorks was like, oh, shoot. Our writers aren't necessarily up to snuff <laughs> like they have them over at Pixar. Let's, we can do a good story, but let's just try and do some of the exact same things right. that have been oh, done this before. Is, so this is Blue Sky. Oh, Blue Sky. I'm so sorry. And Shrek is DreamWorks. Shrek is DreamWorks. So no relationship there. But Blue Sky is just kind of like, okay, so what do we do? What worked yeah. already? Let's try and do that here. But not to so, just fully take everything away from what I say. I know, I know, Carter, that you love Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. You're never, is, ever going to outlive that. Is… Is Sid a better Jar Jar? Sure, yeah. I, I'm not okay. a huge Jar Jar fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. How do you explain that tattoo then? Um, mm, yeah. That's what gotcha. I thought. Gotcha. Caught you, caught you <laughs> out. Hmm. Uh, you just got caught, son. <laughs> yeah, look, I want to be very clear. I love Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. It's not a poster that I would have on my wall, for instance, but I do you love it. You wouldn't catch me dead with that poster. Not that poster. Um, no, I. so I'm going to be honest, guys. I struggled uh, watching Ice Age. Really? Yeah. Um, so my family. Did you also watch it in that tiny closet? Yeah. Just I'm just living my whole life in here. Uh, no, I did not. Uh, but I I remember growing up, my parents had there were movies that we would watch um, that they would kind of roll their eyes at and not really be interested. There were movies that we would watch that they would be like, "Yeah, I'm in on that." Emperor's New Groove was one of those. Most of the Pixar's were those. Um, I don't remember what their feelings were on Ice Age. But I realized watching it that this would be one that uh, if I had a child that wanted to watch Ice Age, there would be a part of me that would be like, yeah, 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 we could definitely watch Ice Age. Or what <laughs> yeah. if we watch something better in every way? Um, yeah. And I don't know, man. It, it. I don't think I laughed or smiled once. The whole Like this movie felt like an absolute chore to me. Oh, to I definitely laughed and smiled at Sid. But it, I mean, you are right though. I think like… I watched, I never owned this. I watched it on TV oh. uh, when it came on. The commercials um, really gave you time to think about it. <laughs> but, I mean, contrast that with Monsters Incorporated, which came out the year before, right? which lost the Best Picture Oscar to Shrek, a Best Animated Feature Oscar to Shrek, which right. I will never, ever forgive. Right. But uh, the, when Monsters Incorporated came out, it was like two-disc special edition DVD, please. I'm yeah. going to spend hours and hours alone in my room watching the behind the scenes of how they made that. And I didn't do that. I mean, I just watched Ice Age when it came on TV. And I was like, right. it's funny because he calls, because he says his fur, it makes him poofy. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was good. Poofy was good. That was very Ray. That's another anchor word. Poofy. I got Poof, Debra, Debra, Deb, you're, Debra. You're looking kind of yeah. poofy. Poofy, Debra. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. I don't know. We'll find it. <laughs> you already found it, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, Johnny Legs is great. Um, as always, I, I honestly don't know that any problems I have with it come from voice acting. Um, I just think for me, writing falls short as well as uh, my super dump falls short to me, which is um, there. My super dump for Ice Age is that there is nothing I liked to look at at all. <laughs> Everything in this movie was like made me a little uncomfortable to look at. Like, all character design, particularly Diego. Um, can you all, do this though? Is this fair? It's 2002. I guess you can compare it to like, I mean, Shrek is older than this. 
Monsters Inc. is older than this. My, Finding my, Nemo's my after is older this. than this. My problem yeah. is not animation limitations. My problem is choices they made in regards to the design of their characters and world. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. My problem is specifically what our characters look like is not pleasing to look at to me. I disagree completely. I think these are great character designs. As a testament that they stood unchanged for 14 years. Our last Ice Age was in 2016 and the characters look the same. They're just animated better and they have individual hairs rather than about 12 polygons on their trunk. Uh, I think it's great character design. I really think the animation, like Diego's eyes are dead. He's got dead doll eyes. So as I was saying in the middle of my super dump, they're all really displeasing to look at. That's fair. Um, Diego's face is bad. The way he looks in his face when I look at it is bad and makes me feel bad. Um, I find them really, really unsettling to look at. Manny is the only one that gets the pass because he just looks like a woolly mammoth pretty much. But the rest of them are um, deeply displeasing to me. Um, And I don't care for it. Hmm. Um, And I think that they look the same 14 years later because that's the design they chose 14 years ago. Man, who would have thought that the setting for this movie wouldn't be the coldest thing about this episode? <laughs> Burr. You know? Burr. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> How do you feel about the design of our, our hominids, our humans? Do you Oof. like them? No. I, I liked it a lot. No. They were not good when my eyes saw them. <laughs> when, my eyes, when, my eyes, when my eyes looked at them, it was bad. When my when my optical nerves observed what was the light reflecting in front of my face and my brain interpreted it, it was bad to me. That's fair. I did not like it. And which is different than which is different than to me. Like um, I'll, I'll use an example of another movie with uh, visually displeasing characters, but differently, right? So like in a lot of like a Nightmare Before Christmas or James and the Giant Peach, these movies. Um, where things are a little grotesque in some ways. It feels like intentional to me in a way um, where it's like that's a world decision. And maybe it is here. Maybe the, 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 what it boils down to is I just don't like the decision, um, which is fine. Uh, um, I just don't, I don't find Ice Age to be pleasing to look at from a design decision perspective, which is really what it boils down to be minus all of the, uh, the podcast bravado that I must bring to the table. Um, it, what it really boils down to is I, I just don't, I don't care for the visual design of this movie. And so um, in an animated movie, that's a pretty big conceit that you need to be on board with. I sure, like. yeah. It's not going to work for, for sure. Can you, identify, like, can you identify what it is about it? That uh, I, I think it's mostly our faces. Um, okay. I, re- I really think it's mostly our faces are really like hard to watch for an extended period of time to me. It's particularly... Like Diego doesn't, Diego from the neck to his mouth doesn't look like an actual thing to me. It's really Diego that I have the biggest problem with, but it's kind of everything. But but Diego specifically, like something about his face just doesn't look like anything to me. Yeah. Like it just sort of looks like an animation um, amalgamation, like this just like creature that they needed to have facial expressions. Um, the other saber-toothed tigers look better than Diego, like all of them to me. Mm. Um, and so it, 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 my super pump, if you want to pinpoint it, it's Diego's face. Super dumb. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, I love it. No, yeah. My super dumb. <laughs> super dumb. Your face. Is Diego's face. Um, but I, I just don't really care for the visual language of this movie in general. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. 
mean, everybody's it's allowed to be wrong sometimes. It's always a tough go when somebody likes somebody else's super dump and they just can't fathom somebody not liking that thing, you know? I'm it's just trying to tough. I'm trying to understand you. I'm just trying to understand you. I mean, y'all already brought y'all y'all brought in Phantom Menace without even needing to. So That's true. That's true. We just kicked Carter while he was hugging his <laughs> Phantom Menace poster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Did we break the frame? No. No. It's, it's not oh, let me try I just again, have then. the I just it's just weighted. <laughs> like a weighted blanket. It's just a weighted <laughs> blanket, yeah. <clears throat> this poster weighs 27 pounds. <laughs> so this is the other problem, I think. Yeah, this one's hard to talk about because it's not, it's 80 minutes. We've done episodes of our podcast that are longer than this movie. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. That's completely wild. That's it's just true. It's 80 minutes and without the scrat stuff that's not really a part of the story, it's probably closer to an hour. Ice Age times three is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Um, speaking of scrat, that's my super pump. Okay. Okay. Um... And I think it is because it could be its own thing. Scrat was my super pump. Like, I think was almost uh, our chipmunk in Enchanted was almost, if not, if not actually my super pump for Enchanted almost was. I just am such a sucker for good, uh, like completely nonverbal characters. Um, yeah. Bucky it's the very, Squirrel it's and Empress Very like Groove. Chuck Jones, like Roadrunner, yeah. Coyote. Yeah, classic. It's super, very much so. And as ridiculous as it got, and as much as Scrat seems to be responsible for a lot of things that happen on Earth. A lot of <laughs> geological of like, history. Yeah, a lot of geological history for this squirrel. Um, I just fully enjoyed the comedy of it. I think there's not a moment that I don't enjoy watching whatever Scrat is doing. Um, be yeah. it like getting really mad at Sid for that one time and like holding his baby, which is basically that acorn and just being like, rah, 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 rah. like, I, I don't know. Every time <laughs> yeah. Scrat screamed, I was just such like a, <laughs> like I was just in. So, it's sort of lowest common denominator. It really right? is. It's sort of like three stooges. Like everybody's going to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. I just, I just remembered one time I did actually laugh out loud with Scrat when he popped the acorn like popcorn. Yeah, I like and that his a lot. Oh, yeah. And he's like, wow. Yeah, his yes. disappointment is very He's trying to be so careful with it. Um, I another fun thing about Scrat is so supposedly he was an idea that was kind of born of I think one of the director's daughters mm-hmm. of just being like, what if there was like a squirrel rat character? And so that's why his name is Scrat. It's a squirrel and a rat combined. And so Scrat technically in 2002 when this movie was made. This was one of the only animals we would see that really there is no proof or history that it ever existed. But in 2009, I think, they would discover that there actually was some kind of almost rodent, squirrel-like prehistoric creature that would have been alive around this time and paid a little bit of homage to Scrat as a character in in its scientific name that these uh, archaeologists or whoever would discover dinosaur bones uh, came up with. I thought it was really Paleontologist. That is super Paleontologist. Cool. Yep. But um, I, so the whole time I'm watching this too, and it's like, I'm, I'm glad we already brought up Zack Snyder's Justice League is because the whole time I'm watching that, I can't help but think of the MCU. Right. Uh, I think a lot of the times I'm disappointed it's when I'm comparing something to something that Disney owns. <laughs> but <laughs> That's a good point. Um, with, with Blue Sky, I had, uh, I, I think it's general... Maybe it's a consensus that people believe Pixar to be 
the trophy. Like Pixar is sure. is what everything is compared to in terms of animation. A lot of that has to do with really what ends up being one of the most groundbreaking movies in cinematic history, which was Toy Story. We've we've exactly. reviewed that in the Pixar six, and that was a massive influence. And so to be the first and then to consistently do really well uh, kind of has Disney's Pixar at the top of the podium. But I, I kind of went through and did some research and I was like, okay, well, who is who is the king of the box office? Because I'm always fascinated with how much these movies make. Because animated movies, and and chalk this up to Disney too, but just the movie business in general, uh, you know, Shrek made a lot of money. Toy Story made a lot of money. But compared to this top 50, I, I pulled the top 50 highest grossing animated movies of all time. And really only three of these I removed because they didn't really count in the vibe that is Pixar and Pixar aren't, meaning the specific animation style. Those three movies that were removed were number 44 on this list, The Simpsons Movie, <laughs> mm, okay. which was released in 2007 uh, and worldwide had a little bit over half a billion dollars grossing. Wow. In 2007, that's massive. I was also uh, had to remove the 1994 original, The Lion King, which was number 12 on this list. Wow. Which is just wild. That's another one that we've reviewed before. And uh, shout out to our Discord members, those those extra chunkies out there. Uh, the Lion King came up a couple times. We we have a fun channel on there that we talk about our top fives. And we the first one we did was our top five movies. And understandably, The Lion King was there for some people. It's yeah. in my top 10, didn't make my top five. But 1994's Lion King in 1994. Movies are a big deal, right? Yep. We've always been fascinated with movies, especially around the world, especially in America. Uh, 94 was not the heyday of, <laughs> we are in the current heyday of movie theaters. Well, we're, We'll get back to it, but we were coming out <laughs> of it. Hopefully, yeah, maybe. 968 million. The Lion King in 1994 almost made a billion dollars. Wow. Wow. Which is completely unreal. Now, granted, it's had a re-release. And then I also had to remove the remake, which is the number one highest grossing animated movie of all time from 2019. $1.6 billion grossing. Jeez, that's uh, crazy. Lion King, John Favreau's Lion King. So what we were left with were the movies that were the Pixar and the Pixar aren't. I kind of am not going to talk too much about numbers 25 through 50. Uh, ultimately, those like numbers 29 through 20, 47 because of the stuff I had to remove uh, because it just didn't make a ton of money compared to, we had nine movies that made a billion uh, at least that are animated. Uh, and so of the top 25, we'll start looking at the top 25. Nine of the top 25 movies are Pixar and 16 of the top 25 highest grossing movies are uh, not Pixar. Picks aren't. Picks now, aren't, if, if you, you will. count, if you count, uh, we'll call it Disney Plus uh, movies that, because uh, DreamWorks is Disney, Disney Animation Studio. Well, not DreamWorks anymore, but Disney Animated no. Studios. Uh, so that would be like our Disney doesn't Frozen. own Disney doesn't own DreamWorks. Yeah, Disney doesn't own DreamWorks at all. Um, so Disney Animated Studios. When you add those in, I just called that Disney Plus. So of the Disney Plus, both Pixar and Disney Animated Studios, that's 13 of the top 25. So just barely over half. Yeah. When we go to the actual numbers of how much these movies grossed, in our top 25, the Pixar movies made $14.8 billion. Wow. And Pixar made $8.5 billion. So a little bit more uh, than half of what the Pixar movies make. And so I just thought that was super interesting that really in the world of like grossing, Pixar doesn't make the most money. Uh, yeah. And it's and it's by a long shot. And it could be too, because we're also comparing 
one studio's release calendar to multiple against it, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Frozen 2 and Frozen are the numbers, uh, when we eliminate The Lion King, are numbers one and two on the list. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and that that alone is $2.8 billion. And Jeez. so um, there's a lot to be said about, oh, and and even more interesting, on this top 50, only three of these movies are in our current series. I'm not going to spoil the movies that are coming up because it's kind of fun to to shout those out at the end of each episode. Uh, but half of the movies that we have that are people's favorites were not the highest grossing, uh, even close to the highest grossing movies of all time. And so a lot of that's a testament to what the movie theaters have become. Yeah. But uh, Pixar is not technically, <laughs> as far as the world turns, uh, king. Uh, it's, they're not really it's, outperforming these Pixarns. Huh? They're not outperforming that. And I think that's why, too, that uh, sometimes I catch myself because Pixar was, was my f- first experience, and I guess that's the case for anybody that uh, had these 3D animated movies come into their lives. Um, but I had, I had only known Pixar for a while before Shrek came out. And so for me, I can't help but be like, why do they keep making? You know, why is there Shrek 4? Why is there Puss in Boots? Why is there a fourth Ice Age movie? Like, why are they trying to make these universes around some of these movies that could have been one-offs? And it's kind of an answer that we get all the time in the movie business because it makes money. (laughs) So that'll that'll never stop. Like, if Trolls does well, they're going to have a Trolls World Tour. Trolls is not even close to done. Despicable Me did well. Now let's have a Minion spinoff. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And I think it's because I was, I know me personally, I was spoiled in the early 90s of thinking something like that was never going to happen again. Right. Uh, And granted, there's parts of the Toy Story experience that you get from 1994 that is like, my God, we really didn't ever get that again. Yeah. But man, what that, that, uh, it was a catalyst for um, honestly, a category in its own that makes some of the most money of anything that is released, whether animated or not. So I just thought it was really interesting. Ice Age's development along that path is is pretty interesting because it was actually pitched as a is pitched to Don Bluth's animation studio as a traditional two D animated movie in the vein of yeah. like The Iron Giant or something like that. But uh, they have recently acquired Fox recently acquired Blue Sky, which was a VFX house. Uh, restructured it into a computer animation studio. And we're like, hey, we think Ice Age is the movie to really push forward and say, let's delay this a couple of years. Let's make a CG animated movie. And ultimately, it's a fine enough movie. But visually, like it just, I don't know. Monsters Incorporated came out the year before. Think about Sully's fur compared to Manny's lack of fur. His kind right. of just jaggedy polygons. It's just, yeah, it's so hard to, I mean, even to Shrek- come in. Yeah, it's just real hard to come in and do something that other people are doing way better. I, I really appreciate the effort from Ice Age. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, listen, yeah. this is a B minus, but we're going to turn it in anyway. Right. Pink ribbon. But yeah, yeah, we even have the comparisons of like uh, not even a year apart of Boo as like a cute little girl. Yep. Yeah. And our our character that they're trying to. This little Neanderthal gremlin. Mm-hmm. Neanderthal mm-hmm. gremlin. Save. And uh, much like our found family uh, herd does in fact save their Neanderthal gremlin, we're going to save uh, ourselves with money by going to Shout Announcements and ads. Welcome to Shout Announcements, the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Listen. Were you going to try a Romano? No. Yeah, just I just tried know. not to. It sounded like a halfway between a Romano and a walkin. A Wamakin? Sure. Huh. That one. Yeah. Yes. No, I wasn't. I was just, you know. 
I was feeling the, the closet energy. Will I? Will you? Do you mind? It's like poofy. <laughs> yeah. He's that like, was good. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, that's hard. That one's hard. You can't get yeah. the throat. They're two different throat shapes. <laughs> They're two different throat shapes. I, th- those are incompatible oh. to me. <laughs> I've got a fever. <laughs> the only prescription is more cowbell. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was decent. <laughs> there you go. That was decent. That was good. Um, listen, if you loved that sick Christopher Walken, Ray Romano content, Listen, they're probably already rating us. Yeah. Everybody who's on the fence was like, should it be five star? And then they heard that and they were like, that six, be six? Is there a stars. six star option? They're looking for the sixth star. They can't find it. It's us. Together, we are the sixth star. The sixth star was the friends, the friendships along the way. Listen, the whole time. I have a request. We are um, pushing a humble grassroots campaign. If you like the show, tell somebody. Send an episode. Pick an episode that you like and just send a link to a friend. No context. Just send it to them. Just see what they say. Share the show with your loved ones because they need it. We all need it right now. Um, but that's a huge way you can help us if you like us. That's a huge way you can spread the show if you like the show. And it's a huge way you can put a smile on your friend's face if you like your friends. And I hope you do because they like you. <laughs> if you really like us though, like, like it's one thing to love somebody mm-hmm. unconditionally, but until you give them money, they don't really love you back. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's that's, not real love without so true without money. Um, we have a Patreon. We do, uh, and we we have lots of patrons. But if you want more content, like extra extra content, we have that for you, and it's only three dollars a month. So even if it's something that you wanted to be like, hey, I'm just going to try this for a month. Probably not going to stick around. I'm just going to do three dollars. Great. Just look around the next time you go like. If you're if you're double vaccinated, and you're like go you're fully vaxxed, and you're like going into buildings again now. You remember how change used to be on the floor mm, sometimes? Yeah, I do. I guess you know what I'm gonna decide not to recommend to pick that up. Money, Probably cash is a safe. weird COVID cash aside, is a dirty, gross. dirty thing. Yeah, is yeah, it? yeah. Money sucks and is gross. We have the three dollar tier, and that's gonna give you extra content that would have given you so. The $3 tier of Patreon is the reason Ice Age is being talked about today. That's true. That's true. That's a little bit of the history for you, like actual hist- world history. We also have the $5 tier, which is becoming uh, more and more a place that I like to go. We were talking about Cheers earlier. It might have been yesterday, but I can't stop thinking about Cheers. <laughs> I might have been off mic even. <laughs> it might have been off mic, but it's here now. <laughs> it's been spoken into existence. Um, it's not necessarily a place where everybody knows your name because you do get to have just a gamer tag and you could have a name like Lufa Troopa. Sometimes or you want to go where everybody Dilda knows Destroyer. your screen name. Yeah. yeah. That's a $5 tier. And for $2 more, uh, we just basically become friends, like legitimate good friends, if that's <laughs> what you want for $5. So that's not offered all the time in this world. But for us, you it just is. pay to have friends. But for us, it is. And now a very special announcement from our friend Doge. Listen, these other things have been, you know, it felt like a pitch. Like, I love you guys very much. Best friends. But it was very much like, here's what, here's what I'm doing. Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> Subscribe to my artwork and let me keep doing the thing I love to do. And people are tired of that. Mm. This one's for the boys. And by for the boys, I mean it's for the three of us. Just a <laughs> reminder that we're on our grind. Oh, Guys, yeah. we're always, we're out there. We're hustling. We're getting it done. Never give up. 
We're never giving up. Never surrender. We don't, we don't got co-hosts. We got family. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we're always, listen, if you wonder, are the boys out there? It's always a yes. Mm. <laughs> we're always out there. We're always hustling. We're always on our grind. We're always doing it to the very limit. And you could take you that to this. the bank. Take it to the bank. Like the amount of hustle and grind that we are putting forth, I would say it's on the same level as like a high school senior who just got scouted um, to go play sports for a college. Yeah. I put on my hat that, but guess what? It's not a school's logo on my hat. It's me. Mm. I'm doing it for myself. That's a power move, honestly. You know? I would say that our grind is equivalent <laughs> to like uh, a low-level exec in an ad firm who's really trying to like kind of in a gross way like work his way up, but we're not going to do yeah. it in a gross way. Not in a gross way, but it's like I just got a $50 watch from Target. I'm on my grind. Yeah, I'm on you my know grind. You I'm, know I'm out there making the podcast paper. Ooh, podcast paper. I like that. Podcast paper's good. Yeah. So just like watch the throne, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Rogan, mm. we're coming for you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to, you know. Mm. NPR, all things considered, there's one thing you haven't considered. Mm. It's us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd like to super pump on this movie. I was, just, I was just about to ask if I could super dump. Same energy, opposite ends of the spectrum. Man, I hope I hope our super pump and super dump are the same thing. We could just <laughs> get too. real intense about it I again. I do too. <laughs> my, super pump, my super pump is Manny's story. Um, I love the idea of this mammoth having to overcome his distaste for mankind because his family was taken from him by mankind. I think that's really, really um, compelling. I, you know, I think that there, there were a lot of places you could take the story of Ice Age, of three, uh, three different types of uh, fauna hanging out together. And I love, I love that Manny is sort of the emotional heart of moving past the pain and moving past the predisposition towards someone because of what has been done to you. And I really like yeah. that part of this movie. Yeah. I love that. That's not my super dumb. Good. I actually really, really loved that. His story. Same. I mean, it, it's the kind of thing where it's like, again, this is 80 minutes. Like this is probably all the animation we could afford to produce, but boy, we needed some more, I think. Right. To me, to me, it's like Manny's story is actually better than the movie itself. Like they're like, I agree. Like, I think if we did this today with a little more measured approach, I think we'd actually end up with a better product. Well, if we did this today, it'd be another 30 minutes longer. That's true. You know, we'd have more time to do stuff. I was I was thinking about that last night, actually, as I finished it. And that's kind of how I arrived at my super dump. Because I 
finished the movie and felt sort of medium on everything. Right. There's nothing that I like love and will die on the hill of convincing somebody it's great. And there's honestly nothing that's terrible that I would tell people is absolutely terrible. But I think the very weakest part of this movie, and so my super dump, is Diego himself. I think Diego is not really a character with any sort of clear motivation. Yeah. Um, in order to harmonize Diego's story with the other two, and I, I think it's there if you look for it. It's not very evident, but the, the Sid and Manny are both creatures who used to have a herd and they don't anymore. And so they don't know what to do. We don't really get any clear reason why they need a herd, which I think is something that we desperately need, but they don't have a herd anymore. And so Diego should also be somebody who doesn't have a herd anymore. I think Diego needs a moment, sort of like Finn in The Force Awakens, where they're like hunting or something and he spares an animal because he's like, I can't do the stuff that the other saber-toothed tigers do. I don't think I want to be a part of this herd. Right. And so he takes on this assignment to to get the baby because he's trying to prove that he can be a tiger. Right. But then he he realizes, no, that's just not me. I can't do that even though there's pressure to do it. And we almost need, I don't know, I kind of, I went sort of down the road in my mind of like, well, why do they need a herd then? That's not really ever explained. I think it would be like, maybe we need some sort of like migration authority or something. They can't get past a checkpoint unless they can name the other people in their herd. Then we need to have a pain point that these animals need to be together. Right. You know, I don't know. I just think Diego specifically, but then all across the board, the the writing is not quite great. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. My super... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think Diego, besides his design, which I've already talked about at length for me, I think Diego is a pretty weak point in the movie, which is is funny to me because to hear you say that, Doge, because I know you're a big Dennis Leary fan based on the Rescue Me t-shirt that you're wearing right now. Gosh, dude, I love love Dennis Dennis Leary. Man. Leary was a, felt like a good choice. I actually, yeah, I actually do like Dennis yeah. Leary. Yeah, but, too. He, he worked well for that. But yeah, I just I think he's the Diego's a weak character here. Uh, my super dump is Diego centric as well. Hmm. Um, it kind of felt like though I don't know. Maybe it's not Diego's fault. Maybe it's the creator's fault. But I felt like uh, you know if I were to trip and fall or something and hurt my ankle and I blame it on the manufacturer of the shoe over blaming it on my own clumsiness. Yeah. But I I was, uh, I had a moment of not, uh, granted, I hadn't watched this probably since I was 14 or 15. So it's been the second half of my life has gone by before I watched this again. <laughs> oh, no. But I, the animation was bad to the point to where I was confused and not remembering things the same way because Diego and Koto look so much alike. Dude, big yeah, time. they do. I caught myself being like, wait, but I thought, and then I got mad because I felt dumb. <laughs> I was like, no, creators, you made me feel this way. I bet everybody doesn't know the difference. <laughs> so I was just like uh, really irritated and just in the fury and seeing red of the moment of saying, this will be my super dump. I just kind of kept with it this morning. But they looked, they really looked way too much alike, especially with- yeah our fight with them. And again, it's uh, there are some limits to the kind of animation that we're doing in Ice Age over what we did in 1994's uh, Lion King. But to have them almost a decade apart, and yeah. I've seen two big cats fight before, and and the, that version, the 94 version, felt much more intriguing than yep. this one. 
this one just felt like a reboot. I don't know if anybody's watched that, but that was one of the very first television shows. It was on Toonami in the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Reboot was like a show that was like 3D animation and it blew everybody's mm-hmm. minds. But you should look up Reboot. It yeah. felt like Reboot animation style. I mean, so much, of it, you're, so much of this did feel like a tech demo though, right? Yeah, like, totally. Right. Reportedly, there was like a 150 employees working on this, which is tiny. That is a tiny, yeah. tiny crew to make an animated movie. Very much so. The budget was only $59 million, which, which again Especially is, for that time is small. Especially for a, a studio's first CG animated movie. Like this really felt like so many of the limitations that I feel like the movie has are just because they ran out of money and ran out of people. Self-imposed almost. Yeah. How, how could you, I mean, how could I expect any more when this is all they were working with? Right. Yeah. And I think something else that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, not even rubbed me the wrong way, it just shocked me is a better way of saying it. This movie's a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of is. Yeah. Like there were multiple times watching it where I was just like, why is it so sad out of nowhere? Um, And I think, I think the difference between that and up something that's also very sad is up up earns it and justifies it in a way that I don't feel like this does. Um, you know, it it's, feels like this is supposed to be a Shrek-style irreverent comedy about found family, but it also tries at the same time to do the up Lion King really earnest sure. thing. I don't know. I just It, it was originally pitched as that super earnest tone, and, and the first couple of drafts of the script were that real earnest, straightforward, like... <laughs> you know, almost like like Lion King or like Disney Renaissance, like Pocahontas, like just straight up and down right. fantasy drama. Right. Uh, but then they brought in other writers to, to punch it up and make it funnier when they decided to make an animated, like a CG animated movie at Blue right. Sky. Yeah. What, what specifically are the bummers that you're thinking of? Um, specifically, I would say mostly what happens to the Neanderthal family is very sad. Yeah. Um, with the mom, like dropping off her son and then just dying in the water <laughs> like the, yeah. the 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 comedic uh relief character is the one that's like she's gone yeah i can't believe she's gone this is like you're gonna let mm-hmm. you're gonna let sid be the one to deliver the death blow <laughs> to the audience <laughs> i can't believe she drowned her lungs <laughs> filled with the flowing river water she suffocated <laughs> and suffered you know, Suffocated. they call drowning the silent killer because she's silently screaming with lungs full of water. Like, it's just like... It's that was so that weird. was almost Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> oh, wow. It was so close to Ben Mendelsohn. Like Ben Mendelsohn in The outright in the Outsider. He's just like, can we get some girls in here? <laughs> That's good. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so... Uh, weirdly sad. Like, because there are some stuff that could be construed as a bummer that I think is pretty funny. Like, I actually really, the dramatic irony of knowing, man, all these, all these things are going to be extinct right. in like, tw- in a couple thousand years. Right. I think that stuff's kind of funny. And we, we don't do that in Land Before Time. Land Before Time, we play it straight up and down. You know, there's no jokes about extinction or global warming. And I think those are kind of funny here. I just want to make sure that you didn't think those were a bummer. No. No, no, no. It's it's more Good. the the human or like the 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 character driven stuff. Yeah, is like weirdly sad. No the people so stuff. Yeah, I, I'm remembering something else that really worked for me, not in a laugh out loud way, but just in like a, I'm glad they put that in. And it's the the walls in the cave where you yeah, get that the, was funny. The dinosaur, me. the fish, and the UFO. I think that's great. 
the like the evolution of Sid is probably my favorite moment yeah, in this movie. I that's think that's so really good. funny. And when he when he draws on the cave wall later on, he's like, I'm putting sloth on the map. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good line. That's a good line. Johnny Legs really is delivering here. He's he, great. he carries the movie, I think, in terms of vocal performances. Uh he he's always good though. Like consistently always good. And honestly, yeah. I thought Ray Romano did a really great job. And I think if yeah. this movie had been better, could have seen a uh, John Goodman-esque vocal performance career. He was like the third choice for Blue Sky. It was like James Earl Jones and Ving Rhames. Interesting. Which is wild That's to me. James Earl Jones as Manny? Ving Rhames? <laughs> my, yeah. my fur makes me poofy. <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. You deliberately Debra? disobeyed me. And what about Nala? You put her life in danger. <laughs> and what about Debra? <laughs> I don't know. I've watched Everybody Loves Raymond. I have. I've seen episodes of it. I couldn't tell you one thing about that show other than his name's Raymond, his wife's name's Debra, and uh, his brother-in-law is Kronk. <laughs> is that not no. Everybody Loves no, Raymond? No, it's Brad Garrett. It's Brad oh, Garrett. Oh, yeah. You no, know, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. So I, I can only tell you two things. So you can't even tell us all the three things you thought you could tell us. His brother-in-law is the principal in The Pacifier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what you were mm -hmm. thinking. Yeah. Yep. Mess with the bull, get the horns. You know what I mean? Hey, yep. is it time to rate? Do we have anything else to say about this 82-minute movie? I don't think I, don't think I got anything else to say about it. No. Uh, it's fun to see prehistoric fauna animated. I like the way they look. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> So should we rate it? Now that's it. Okay, let's rate this movie. And we're going to rate it using science. Uh, the scientific cinema scale, actually. Um, you know, it's so funny. We've done so many episodes of this. And I, I'm always just so surprised that it's the scientific cinema scale. Uh, there's just something so shocking about science. I really, I don't stop to appreciate it enough. But I'm not going to stop this time either. We're going to move on with the scale, which is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it. After that is rent it. That's followed by stream it. Then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm going to go literal here. Okay. I'm going to forget this movie because I did. Okay. Um, I think there was a little bit of shock for me. Um, and granted, so my, my wife's family loves Ice Age and I get it too, because it was, it, it is funny. Like there's parts of it that were still, I think we had the, the shine has had far from worn off of seeing movies like this in theaters. Right. This is what yeah. Ice Age ends up being like props to Blue Sky. Like they're able to bring a movie to theaters seven years after the first one happens. Uh, and just a year after DreamWorks has its first introduction. Yeah. So, you know, Ice Age ends up being what? The fifth animated movie at the time? We had two Toy Stories, a Monsters, Inc., Shrek, and then Ice Age. Bugs Life. Right? Bugs Life. Yeah. yeah. So the sixth, still yeah. one of the first 10 in a in a list that has, you know, 50. And we cut off even movies like, so spoiler alert, Shrek, Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2. A lot of these movies, Ice Age you know, our movies that were some of the very first animated movies. The only one that shows up on that box office top 50 is 
uh, Monsters Incorporated, which had a obviously a peak moment with that, that it was number one, if we don't count Lion King. Uh, and that's 2001. So that's the first, it made 577 million, which was just massive in blue people's minds. Also why it felt weird that Shrek beat it at the Oscars. Right. But Ice Age, to be in the same breath as those other six first movies, this one just felt like for a 13-year-old, you know, that had those first experiences at seven, eight, and 10, and 11, that it was like, oh, bummer. So you can make a bad one. <laughs> I think how I used yeah, to think. Right. And so it, it ends up just kind of being forgettable for me. I, here's spicy take. I'm okay if the Ice Age series never existed, personally. It's fair. I forgot a moment that I laughed at, and it is actually my favorite moment of the entire movie, and I can't believe I forgot it. And I think it's because I like it so much that I forget that it's in Ice Age. And it is the Dodo Birds. Oh my gosh. How have we not talked about them? The last melon. The Dodos as, every a, time. as a doomsday cult yeah. is so funny. Yeah, the Dodos rule. Yeah. That is a laugh out loud moment. So good. Uh, highlight of the movie for me legitimately. Uh, but Manny is still my super pump. I stick by that. I am forgetting Ice Age. Um, it just doesn't work for me anymore. It did at a time and it had its moment, but I'm past it. And, uh, you know, I don't know that I'll go so far as to say I'm okay if it never existed, perhaps, but I'm okay if I forget this one, if it just drifts out of memory for me. Except for the dodos. I'll, I'll stick with the dodos. I'll keep them. And every time I see watermelon, I will say the last melon. I actually, I know that's true because I've heard you do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <sighs> this is tricky because there are some movies from when you're a kid that have such a strong shine that it will never wear off. I think, like, for me personally... Yeah, so leave me alone about Phantom no, Menace. Everybody. I know, you're exactly right. I bought the poster <laughs> for Revenge of the Sith. That movie's bad. I love the Phantom Menace. That's an... It's not worse than the Phantom Menace. I know you're about to say that. Don't say that. Oh, we don't have time yes, in this episode. Yes. We don't have time in this episode. But what we do have time to do is, is for me to confess that we're back. Do you guys remember that movie about yeah. the dinosaurs? Love it. That's a movie that's got such a strong childhood shine that I can watch it now confident it's not great and I'll love it. Same. I think Ice Age did not ever get that childhood shine for me. Okay. Because it came out the year after. Like Monsters Incorporated, I fully credit with being the movie that taught me, hey, movies are cool. And like how you make movies is very cool. And movies are worth like talking about and thinking about. Uh, which if you can't tell by our podcast is a big deal to me. And so for, for Ice Age to come out the year after that, it just never got that shine. So going back and revisiting it as an adult, it's very hard for me to place myself in a reality in which I love this movie. And so I'm also going to forget it because it just like, it's okay. You know, it's, yeah. it's not egregiously terrible. It's not Jupiter Ascending, which I will never forget. I might actually legitimately forget Ice Age. Yeah. Dang. That's kind of meta too, you know? If you th if you really think if about it, if you really it. think if about you really it. think about it, yeah. The other thing I'd like to think about is next week's movie, um, because next week, based on your votes, we will be discussing. Was it Illumination? Uh huh. Illumination yeah. smash hit, bringer of all things wacky, yellow tic tacs, all the memes your mom loves, Facebook stuff where it's like nobody understands me. It's Despicable Me. Raise your hand if when you were a kid, your knees were always dirty, your elbows always skinned, and you always wore overalls with no shirt. And then it's a picture of a minion eating a popsicle. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Despicable, Despicable Me next week. Despicable Steve Carell's uh, defining vehicle. Uh, the role. I wish he'd get more roles. I wish he would get more roles, man. If only he could be anything but Gru. Um, so, uh, yeah. Make sure you jump in with us next week as we continue the picks aren't six. Pick what six your pink picks aren't six are. <laughs> and to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what era of time we would like to see the Ice Age creators tackle next. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I'm going to go with Renaissance Italy. Mm. Still Ray Romano, though? <laughs> Still Ray Romano, though. Just, okay, good. Just it. Ray Romano's going to be like, yeah, give me, uh, 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 give me the meatball, uh. I would love. I would love uh, some uh, baked ziti. Is he Italian? I don't. Romano. Know. Romano. That's a kind of Italian cheese. He has to be. Yes, dude. <laughs> he could only be more Italian if his name was Ray Parmesan. Oh, Johnny Mozzarella. <laughs> let's just. Let's just. Is bring, he Italian? Let's just bring Johnny. Yes. Johnny Legs in too. Might as well. Yeah. I'm Doge, and the next film from the creators of the smash hit Ice Age is The Black Plague, about the 1200s. And you thought Ice Age was a bummer? Just wait till you see this one. <laughs> yep. And it also stars Ray Romano. The rats keep the rats keep biting me. There, <laughs> you can tell the infected ones are poofy. That you you poofy. almost shifted into Harry Carey, Will Ferrell's impression of Harry Carey at the very beginning. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm Carter. The setting is going to be the year ten thousand one hundred and ninety one. Wow. It's going to be called Spice Age. Mm. Wow. Carter. Wow. Carter. Denis, are you listening to this? Denis, hit us up. Denis, Actually, you Denis, have to. please hit us up. Denis, you have to call Carter. <laughs> you have to cast Ray Romano in your movie, Denis. <laughs> uh, my, I'm Duncan uh, Idaho. I think I'm drinking my own sweat. <laughs> That, yeah. that, fear is the mind killer. That yeah. worm is that worm is too big for me to be comfortable around it. He walks by all these dead, decaying bodies, and he just says, uh, hashtag no filter. <laughs> Debra, yeah, I think I'm the Quisac Hatterack. <laughs> hey, the last 45 seconds of our podcast are for no one. I yeah, like that. Is, that is <laughs> no one's favorite. I for at least, they're at least for three people. <laughs> <laughs>